Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And missing tonight, because he chose family over us, selfishly, is not Phil Jakes. Pardon me, YouTube crowd, for my armpit being in the camera, but... What what possibly does Universal Orlando have over the fastest-growing podcast in the Northeast? I don't know. Maybe... Uh, he Maybe had to pay money to good. go there. He didn't even have to pay to come here. The food's pretty good, I guess. Uh, it better be. Ugh. We uh. took his mom. <laughs> Family. Stupid. Anyway. Oh, well. I hope he's having fun. What's not. more fun than being on the show? Well, I, not okay. much. Hey, whatever. Anyway, racing cars. Yeah, that is, but we don't do that because we're too poor. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to. It's Sean. not sex because sex just is sticky and it smells weird. It depends. Um, yeah. Anyway, depends on what you're into, I guess. Uh, I was talking to Sean Foster at Stafford, and I said I I don't race as much anymore because it's like I don't I'm like the typical racer. I don't have any money. You know, nobody has money, and I'm trying to be responsible, unlike a lot of people. So I I can't race. So um, I didn't tell him that. Racers Sorry. have never had money since 1900. Correct. Um, but I told him I'm like me racing is like a divorced dad who never sees their kids. Except for like holidays and special occasions, like birthdays and stuff. Funny, it's because like I only race like six times a year. So, it's like you're looking into the future. I know, it's right. <laughs> Jesus, why you think I'm a deadbeat? Uh, no, but I think you're gonna get divorced. <laughs> You'll see a kid on the weekends. <laughs> wow, thanks for coming out with that on the show in public. Mm, yes, nothing like saying I knew it wouldn't last. Right to all the listeners, I knew it all along. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, we so, kid because we care. Yeah, we got nothing else. We got nobody to bounce, you know, ridiculous claims off of and laugh because Phil's not here. Stupid Phil's ruined the show. <sighs> We're literally only. I hope that was two wasn't minutes a, in. I hope that wasn't a beer that just fell. No, over. it's just my phone. Thank God. Oh, okay, good because you wouldn't want like a beer. So. You wouldn't want to have to open that up. Yeah. So fine. anyway, in personal news, there wasn't much in, if any, but uh, um. Yeah, I got my uh, COVID vaccine, and I didn't post it on social media. Uh, <laughs> well, good for you. Congratulations for showing restraint and going, man, whatever. It's like, uh, but, I, you know, I got that. People were bugging me to get it, and I'm like, you know, fine, I'll get it. And I got that Johnson & Johnson one, the one that's one and done. And I went, I, I, the, the only place that had it was well, at least around me, was in Willimantic. And uh, I said, perfect. They know their way around a needle in Willimantic. I will go there and get it. So anybody yep. who doesn't 
anybody who doesn't get the joke, um, Willimantic was known as the heroin capital of America for the longest time. Hell, 60 Minutes did a, a show on just them and their heroin epidemic and trafficking and such. So, Where did the capital <laughs> move to? Is it Danielson or Killingly? I don't freaking know. I think they do meth up there. but um, <laughs> Could be. Pretty much everywhere is meth now. So uh, I think heroin's getting to be a little expensive, so I don't know if Willimantic's really going to hang anymore. Uh, but anyway, I thought the joke was pretty funny, but my arm, literally, I don't know, it's the Johnson Johnson thing, thing freaking hurt ever since then. It's been days and days and days. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sissy. I don't know. Anyway, I did receive a DM to the podcast's um, Instagram account, and it was from a person, I think it was Corey K, but it came up as Corick. I don't think that's their name. It's probably Corey K. And she sent a message saying that Waterford, I mentioned it last week, what time did Waterford start? Why do they end so early and stuff like that? She said that they rolled out features at 5, and it was advertised as such. Well, my beef wasn't really, and I appreciate that, Corey. Thank you. Um, But my beef wasn't really with them sticking to a schedule or that it wasn't advertised or anything. I just didn't look it up. Uh, I I was more beefing along the lines of why are they starting features so early because the industry standard around here is typically um seven o'clock usually right the seven o'clock is about the time when features roll out at basically i don't care when they start they could start features at 12 noon on saturday i don't really care i do because i work and it's well if i have to get out and try to go as long as it's advertised and performed you know consistently or whatever yeah i don't have a beef i'm fine with that i'm just kind of like yeah it's like people like me who work on weekends, like a lot of self-employed people still work weekends and stuff, but you know, to make some money, but starting a little early is a little rough on some racers. And I mean, it's a weekend, the vast majority, I'm not asking them to change it. I'm just saying the vast majority of people don't work on weekends. So don't cater to the minority. Um, but I'm just saying it's a little tough for us. So that's, that's the only thing. I'm not really that mad about it. I'm just saying it's, just odd that it's a little earlier than normal. And I know that this week they raced and it was over by like 8.30. So I was like, wow, that was... Or before 8.30. Like probably 8 o'clock. They were over rather quickly. A hundred years ago, you know, they would be over at pushing midnight. So... I doubt it because a hundred years ago they didn't have lights, probably. I don't know. They didn't have a racetrack a hundred years ago. It's just a matter of speech, (laughs) either. I'm just saying. Captain Literal. I know. You know some idiot's going to at us but i didn't run 100 years ago uh. yeah, i get it thank you thank you youtube commenter that i don't know what your name is because it's characters letters and space bar thank you. <laughs> you you don't look for thank you john three seven eight two four seven nine underscore eight you don't look for intelligent life on <laughs> on social media okay no, there's none of it is there there's, there's absolutely none, there. none of it why do you think we haven't been you know visited by aliens outwardly um, I just want to say know. this. I, I, I don't want to upset half, well, three quarters of our listening audience because that's what I see on my in, my social media channels. But uh, I find it rather funny that five years ago y'all were making fun of anti-vaxxers, and almost overnight you all turned into. Them. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. You're all using the same arguments. And the same fake sciences and the same thing. It's it's hilarious to watch. Let me. I got the vaccine and I don't feel any freaking different at all. The day after, I felt like I had the flu, but 
when it comes to vaccines, that's perfectly typical because it's it's how your body builds antibodies. Like that's just how it works. And it's you know what I don't worked. miss about vaccines? What's that? Polio. Yeah, me neither. I don't miss polio. I'm fine with that. I don't miss smallpox. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't I miss. Mean, uh, uh, I got the Moderna hepatitis. one. Yeah, I have Moderna one. I haven't grown a third head. I haven't grown. I mean, any I got appendages. one here, one here, and and that's it. Can I and be- I never even. I never even had so much as a side effect. I had a little tiny sore arm, and that was it. Other than that, I was good. Yeah. Since I got the Johnson & Johnson one, I got I got all the side effects at once. So, But literally Although, a day, and I'm fine. It's like, whatever. I didn't... Like, later that night, I felt fine. Yeah. Like, the day I felt like I had the flu, and, like, I took a nap, and then it was gone. It was really not a big deal. Like, I'm seriously... Although, and people are like, they're still getting this idea that you can be tracked and have computer chips put in a needle they don't work unless you're a literal computer yourself and they plug it in and solder that's not how computer chips work what if Can i we... got an mri and then that thing just gets tore up <laughs> so, you know <laughs> just tore tears out of you because of the magnet yeah uh, uh, no that's how that's where that wipes would it happen out. yeah just wipe it out i've know? gotten i've heard so many horror stories of people who used to work at like uh like metal manufacturing like eb or something and they used to be like a welder or grinder or some kind of metal fab person and they went to get an mri and the person asked them do you work here in this department and they're like yeah you're gonna feel a lot of pain because they're gonna be pulling all of the little shards of metal in your skin out (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like yeah if you get metal in your skin it's coming out in an mri uh and yeah you cannot control people's brains with microchips inserted in a needle it does not Worked that no. Oh, they're trying to depopulate the planet. Okay, then who will they enslave? <laughs> it's like seriously, like calm down. You can't have you can't have a uh, you can't enslave a population if you don't have a population. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't get the it. The best way to control minds is with a giant screen. It like, says television on it. Yeah, <laughs> or social or, media, or, uh, computer. Yeah, they're monitor. already controlling your mind with what they show. That's you on the best one. That's. And in the social media outlets, by shadow banning certain types of people, like yeah, they don't the need a vaccine to change. That's not how they work. They're not going to change <laughs> your thought process. Like I don't feel like voting Democrat now. Okay, it's okay. Although I do I'm have alive. allergies for the first time that I've ever known. Oh, I've always had them. So I've never so had allergies in my whole life until this year, and this is the first time that I've ever hated spring. Have you ever? seen how much oh my pollen god. is coming out of the sky though oh my god it's so bad you know how year. i got i around. hate spring i don't like it anymore i used to love spring <laughs> you know how i got around it today I wear a wore, mask i wore a mask <laughs> <laughs> ain't that a pisser no, i wore a paint you know like a n95 with a little vent in it like when you're painting cars yeah. and stuff i put that on and then i went and mowed the lawn and blew leaves and stuff when the kid was in school yeah I was fine. Yeah, I go inside, I take it off, I'm fine. fine. Go inside, take it off, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I go outside, like, oh, no, put that thing right on. I just, I've been sucking down Benadryl for years. And and they're cleaning the silos, too. They're cleaning the silos out, and that Uh, stuff smells almost as bad as chicken shit. It's worse. Fermented uh, corn is The mask does help with with taking care of the smell of silage. I look like like an old man, like, with my mask on and safety goggles and stuff i'm like nope pollen can go screw itself today yeah and well that's the end of the non-racing related banter this time and i guess we're gonna have to move on because 
Oh yeah. Okay, we'll move on to bracing away, and people are already bored. No, they're not. So anyway, uh, so I have a. I got to work on the race car just a little bit today. I did uh, play with the distributor in it because I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of reinventing the wheel. So I looked back through my uh, setup notebook from like 2000 whatever 17, and I said, you know what? I'm sick of chasing my tail. I'm gonna go back to whatever worked and just see if that works again. So I went and threw that setup back in my car, threw the same exact advanced springs from the distributor in it and everything. I'm like, okay, there. Everything is back to the way it used to be. Let's try that. It it wasn't broke, obviously. I won the most races. Like, let's try that again. I don't know. I'm also I'm also trying to be far better and not swear as much so that Sid doesn't have to edit this thing for YouTube as much. I'm trying to be as good as possible today. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, I don't know if I have any... I didn't work on the other chassis. If anybody actually watches me on YouTube, which I'm Brent Gleason on YouTube, I don't know, search for me or whatever. Um, I was going to work on that car, but I decided to actually do responsible things like clean the yard, like I already mentioned. So um, I'm just stockpiling parts. I have no end date for that car. Um, I have parts coming in. I haven't ordered anything, but I've been hoarding things and looking up stuff for parts, but... I'm just on, it's a process. I don't want to get too involved in it, and I don't want to spend too much money because I have no plans for it. So, other than that, I don't think Jesse has any news. So, nope, no news. All right. So, Mm -mm. should we go local news first? I'm still sponsorless. (laughs) I mean, I still have no sponsor. I'm still sponsored by. I was gonna Peniston say oils. I was gonna say AA sponsor or um, <laughs> car sponsor. You think I'm a quitter? No. Yeah, AA's I'm for not quitters. A quitter. Ah, you didn't even give me the rim shot when I mentioned the heroin joke. Yeah. There it is. So anyway, hey, I got an audience. So this Friday or past Friday, this past Friday. We went to Stafford to finish up filming on the day at the races with the Pulio team for the SK Modified with Jonathan Pulio. Triumphant return. Yes, the return of Pulio to the uh, SKs after his injury. Full throttle. What was it? Yeah, it was this full throttle return, not him just trying to get some points or stuff just to keep the car on the track um, because he didn't want to re-injure his back. But yeah, first full return for Jonathan Pulio. So we were there to film with Vault Productions, and we were at the, the Pulio pit, like I said. And that was a nice warm day. Luckily, the weather cooperated, and we were able to enjoy the weather for once instead of freezing to death, which is the first time I went to the track all year without freezing. So that was good. Uh, obviously, that video will be coming out, but if anybody who even reads the internet <laughs> will have already if known. If you have an internet connection, you do know that um, Jonathan started near the rear and he went up forward and then he got spun out. It, 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 the spin was kind of funny because that was almost like it was a spin It was a spin that um, uh, was uh, caused by spotters, but it's not their fault. <laughs> you know, um, you understand? It was if really you understand weird. what I'm saying, it's because uh, the 50 car found a hole, and the spotter said clear, and he clear, and he found a hole. And then uh, somebody else found a hole, uh, the 21 car, and he found a hole and went, found a hole, and then everybody had to break for the corner, 
and it caused the accordion effect, and then that's how he got run into and spun out. Everybody, it's nobody's fault. Everybody nobody's tried. Nobody's fault. It's just racing. Everybody and, just tried to do everything they could at once, and they couldn't do everything at once. They right. had to. They had to kind of do. Everything like, bottleneck because yeah, everybody they, has to go to the bottom at Stafford. It wasn't, if you, you know, so. I wouldn't say it was caused by spotters because the drivers. Well, they told them clear. And they were. And they were clear and they weren't wrong. I mean, it's not that they did anything wrong. It's just, it just they kind of helped into it in a, in a kind of a weird <laughs> way going back into it. So I'm almost kind of playing devil's advocate a no, little bit. No, wasn't, it's always the driver's fault. The spotters didn't do anything wrong. No, I mean, you got to be able to look past your front nose, you know. So you got to see things happen. Before they happen and a little more experience, maybe there wouldn't be a wreck, but whatever. But anyway, he got spun, went back to the... Uh, went in the back of the pack. We lost two cameras in that. No damage to the car. I don't even know how. Yeah. Like, well, I don't even know how we lost them. Yeah, the front bumper cam went bye-bye. I got wiped off. Yeah, the rear bumper cam also. Uh, Jonathan said that he he felt it skid. He heard it skidding under the car. Um, so he, And he was correct if you watched yeah. uh, this teaser video that Sid posted because you can watch the camera go <laughs> sliding under his car. Yeah, so that was... Um, uh, You'd actually watch it from the camera that I positioned in a much more precarious spot than any other camera except for the front bumper camera. Yeah, that was... But that camera didn't get wiped off. That was Sid's longest-owned camera, too. Yeah, the longest-tenured one. Yeah, he had it it. for the longest time, and it finally... It just didn't make it, you know? If anybody from Stafford is uh, listening, which I know you are... um, could you guys you find go, one? Could you guys head over to turn three, like by the Armco, or under the Armco, or somewhere, or even in the grass? <laughs> I don't know. It might have gone over. There's definitely a camera or two over there. Could you find it for us? Yeah. Please? Sorry. Uh, thanks for looking. You know, I, I mean, know. if you guys aren't too busy, like I know you guys do a no, lot. D- so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> just a camera. I know. And you don't. A lunch break. You could go on your lunch break or something. I don't know. But, but Jonathan did a great job. And then I he mean, went back to the front again. He finished eighth or something? He finished eighth. He was the top finishing rookie in the race. Yeah. And it was his personal best finish in an SK. And he broke the streak of cars that we film that wreck every time we film them. So, yes, wreck thank you. out for, of the race. Yes, out of the race. We'll, we'll throw that little misnomer in there. So Right, because Woody was basically flipped over, and Jonathan basically did the same thing and destroyed his back. And uh, then we came back, and... He yeah he got spun out and he had to go down pit road and he yeah. bent the bumper up a little bit but he still ran back through the pack and finished so he broke the streak and also I remind you to um, save a life check the little check box under organ donation if you have any forms to file out because Ed Pulio's heart is was going like I thought it fell out it I thought it exploded I thought he had to bend over pick it back up I stick th- it back in. I thought that the ambulance was going to be going for the old man, not the kid this time. It really it's did. The, I'm coming, Elizabeth. Yeah. It's the big it's one. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor guy was just, you know, I don't know how, I, I can't only imagine. I can't, uh, I'm, I'm barely a parent and I've, I can't, <laughs> I can't even imagine um, putting my kid in a oh. car. Yeah, like if I had him ride an electric, being that close, and I had he had went through a lot of close wrecks <laughs> and everything. I had the kid ride an electric scooter, and I was like, "No, stop!" <laughs> <laughs> Those things, I, I forget. Yeah, it's just no way, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 
Sans two cameras, we got that one put in the in the case, and uh, you'll be seeing that video soon on uh, the Vault Productions YouTube channel. And if you are not subscribed there, go over and subscribe. It's youtube.com slash SidsView. Smash and that you can like see button us when and you... smash that subscribe button. Yeah, and you, you don't want to see us, I mean, but you can if you want to. <laughs> smash it. Subscribe for all their good stuff. That's what all the other YouTubers say. Smash it. Smash that subscribe and like button. Yeah. I don't know. Subscribe it and like. It gets millions of views, I hear. Yes. So, next anyway, up. Speaking why don't we of go through them? Yeah. Why don't we go through them Stafford results? Street Stocks are just a great show, regardless. I don't care. If you don't have a Flow Racing subscription. That was a really good race. Or if you want to watch good racing, go to Stafford. They're racing full time. They had great, yeah, they by had the great way, races throughout the whole By the way, night. folks. It was a great night. By the way, we are not Canada. Uh, we actually got COVID restrictions lifted. They don't have any uh, capacity restrictions now at Stafford or any other racetrack in Connecticut, and that's surprising coming from a communist state. Um, it, <laughs> just he's holding his head because he knows all about Jucasa, but we're going there in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the front gate ticket's 20 bucks now. I mean, these tracks got to come up with money to, you know, recover from all the shit that they went through last year um, and pay these purses. Let's be fair. Uh, but anyway, if you can't make it to the track, get a Flow subscription. You can watch a lot more than racing. It's 120 bucks a year. I know that sounds steep, but let me tell you something. If you have a smart TV and good internet, it is seamless. We're, we're not sponsored by Flow. We're not. I'm just trying to support it because they support racing. Therefore, I'm going to help them support racing. Okay. And last week, or last Friday, I should say, was the bonus for the street stock division, which is what I was talking about. From Flow Racing, every car in the top 10 got a $100 bonus. So that was really nice. That's a tire. They paid for a tire for these guys. Well, basically. I mean, now with Hoosier, you know, bumping the rates up on everybody, that's... Well, $100 bonus. It's 100 bucks. That's Okay, that's fuel. Okay, they paid for fuel. Okay. But that was a great race. Frank Latoile picked up the win. Uh, God, that guy's got the thing hooked up. You watch that car. And he was a very just, busy man that race. It is. He was up. a very busy man. Oh, he was very busy. He um, had to come from deep in the field. Him and Meyer. It, it was him, fun Meyer, to, and Hydar and Hovey, and they all had. They're the four top right now. Yeah, and it was fun to watch those guys move to the front. Mm-hmm. All of them were were steady charging. Yeah, um, I mean Adrian Paradis was uh, leading the race the whole race. He was in the backup car because his main car got destroyed already. Mm-hmm. But um, seems like a trend. Last year, I think the same thing happened to the poor guy. Um, but anyway, uh, he was leading by probably enough to win, but a late caution came out because somebody spun out. I forget who, but somebody in the back. Let's just put it that way. And uh, that pretty much hosed his chances, and he did not put Frankie out in the weeds like I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to try to defend that spot for all it was worth, but raced him clean. I mean, i got to give him props. That's a, that's a mention you on the skipped show. Skipped over a few that. important parts of the race. Though. I did. I, did mention, I didn't mention a few parts because I figured I'd leave dude, that up to you because I forgot. Dude, Frank got <laughs> airborne. He oh, jumped. That's, that's he right. jumped like friggin' Bo and Luke Duke, man, going into one because he got forced down by... Uh, I forget who. Whoever it was, the guy was the guy was a hook machine. I mean, he was Captain Hook, man. 
because was he was dark without feathers. Who? Who? Was it no, the four, he wasn't. Was he that was white just car? chopping. Yeah, it was the white car, the forty-two car, the one that ended up with uh, Bert's fender stuffed in his. Yeah, body. he chopped. He yeah. chopped Bert. He chopped uh, Frank, and made Frank go airborne. And Frank, because he's a really good driver, didn't even lose a spot. Kept going and kept moving to the front. No tie rods bent. No nothing. I don't and know then, how he did it. And then he chopped Bert so bad that he tore the fender off the car, and it stuck to the car. If anybody's seen my uh, Instagram story today, which you won't if when this comes out, but if you check out my Instagram story um, yesterday, which you can't, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned it. I've, I've got a video of, of uh, Bert's car with no fender, and then the fender jammed in the other car, and we start laughing. It's funny. It's a good video. It's funny. <laughs> oh, and I missed that one, too. The producer comes into the studio, who's behind Jesse on that screen, and the boy, my boy, just lost his second tooth in the last week. Yay, buddy! So, Where's his original tooth? Still in the tooth pillow. No, yeah. it's gone. Really, it's not there. He may no. have pulled it out. Weird. What did he do with it? Because <laughs> we asked him what he did with the original one. He's like, I don't know. I just handed it to you. And I'm like, no, no, not the second one. I the put it back one. in the pillow thingy. Yeah. We're talking teeth now. Sorry, folks, but yeah, my kid just lost a tooth. Awesome, boy. At least it's out of the way. Good job, bud. Yay! Good job, bud. That thing was just going to... I was worried he was going to swallow the thing because it was just hanging on by a thread for days. I'm like, you don't want to swallow that because it's got to come out eventually. And that ain't corn coming out. That's going to hurt. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Frank had an excursion. Uh, I watched him go through the infield, and I'm like, holy crap, He's the wheels aren't on the ground. And then there's dirt and crap flying, and I'm like, huh, they didn't wreck. Nice job. He's still going. Okay. Hey. I mean, he did a he did a great job. Fender didn't going cave way in out of his way not to wreck the guy. He really didn't have to. He really could have even held the spot and not wreck him. But he he was a gentleman about it. Really went out of his way to. I ain't literally, going, I guess. I ain't going in the infield though. Screw but, him. I would yeah. just I just slam him if they're going to come that uh, far down. Yeah, he he definitely. Uh, like there's a limit. Great show. There's a limit to my to my what? generosity on the racetrack. And that limit is the track limit. I'm not going off the track if you want to drive into me. You're just going to go for a ride. So anyway, that was the street stock race. Frank just absolutely just got that thing going. And that was a yeah. That was that a thing just turns and drives off like you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, can you call me? <laughs> Come to my garage, Frank, please. Anyway, um. So yeah, there's that race, and if you don't like the street stocks, then screw you because you don't know what racing is. Uh, I'm gay. Yeah, that's right. Limited late models. Alexandra Fern became, I think she's now the winningest, or she already was the winningest female yeah, driver. She, was. she probably was already the winningest female driver. She Let's give was, her yeah. actual credit. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to remember what Matt Buckler said. Rather than she picked up that win. Um, I have a strange. Um, a strange idea. Why don't we combine the limited late models and the dare stocks, and then all the sportsmen in the area will be the same? That would be a huge field, though. That'd be like thirty something cars. I don't want to send people home. Let's just keep what we're doing, Stafford. You're doing fine. Don't listen to me. <laughs> don't listen to me at all. <laughs> we're doing fine. Uh, all right. That's another show. Combining yeah. track rules and things. That's definitely Sta for... I give Stafford a lot of credit. They actually gave in on a few things, and then everybody else went a whole different direction again. And they're like, well, we tried. Yeah. 
All right, late model race. I wish I could have watched some races, but obviously we were working. We were doing our thing. Yeah. I'm a race fan when I'm not racing. So I just members of the sporting press. I just want to watch, you know. So anyway, Kevin Gambacorda found his way back to late model victory lane, but it wasn't in his car. He was in the Andy Marchese. I really hope I'm saying that name right. Five car. That car is beautiful, though. I love that car. It's a beautiful car. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the Botticello cars. They look beautiful. It's got a nice pinstriping on it. But he brought that thing to victory lane, so that was a, a heck of a run. Um, I didn't get to watch that race because after that race, I finally figured out that I had Flow Racing on my cell phone, and I could watch it in the pits while waiting for the SKs to go out so we could turn on in-car cameras. But I figured that out by the SK Light race, which was a barn burner. Uh, mm-hmm. they Probably were tr- race of the night. Yeah, probably the race of the night by a yeah. good mile. Um, I know Nick Anglace and uh, Alexander Pearl were duking it out at the end, swapping the lead. Uh, there was a restart where I was yelling at Pearl from afar saying, why are you taking the top? <laughs> and then they called that restart back, and he takes the bottom. Or They had a yellow or something. I forget what it was. After but. he lost the lead. Yeah, but he got the lead back because, because it was of the caution. Because lap. Right. And then um, he takes the bottom. Yeah, because you never lose. don't give unless you're in a tour mod. You ain't, you ain't giving the bottom up at Stafford. I don't give the bottom up at any track. I don't care what it is. Because if the guy st- if the guy gets a good jump on you, you can just run him into the marbles. Right, don't think you're the you're at least you at least if you restart from the bottom as the leader, at least you have the option of getting rid of the guy outside of you. If you're on the top, you're the one that's going to get rid of you know. They're going to get rid of you. Don't put yourself in a defensive position. Put yourself Mm -hmm. on offense at all times, even if it's not the preferred lane. And by the way, did you notice how much grip Stafford seems to have on the outside now? It seems really odd, doesn't it? Yeah, the groove seems to have widened a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Not only does it seem wider, it seems like it's more preferred to be on the outside. It's very strange. Well, it is if you have a, a tight car. You could definitely get some... Well... That's Bite the thing. coming off. That's the thing, because it never used to work that way. Usually, if you got to the outside, you'd be dead. But I kind of get the impression that it's it's got a little more grip artificially. Whatever I'm, do you mean? I'm not... Tracks, tracks put in... How does tracks put grip in? I'm not, I'm not saying that they are doing it. I'm just kind of speculating that maybe they're spraying the top and not telling people. But, I mean, again, that's just me coming up with ideas. But, I mean, go back and watch the races from last year and then go watch the races now and notice that the top lane actually has grip. They didn't repave the track. They didn't reseal it either. What if they're just playing a little bit of, like, uh, R&D work with some of these races and not saying anything? Hey, I'm just, just you, you know, know, it could happen. When you watch people passing on the outside, then you couldn't pass last year on the outside. It's just a little bit odd. Anyway, let's just move on from that. So, Anywho. We were talking about the SK race where we filmed. The SK light race. What, oh, so, SK light race. We didn't finish. Yeah, we didn't finish that race. Uh, so, last restart, just guys racing the hell out of each other. Anglace gets the lead. Pearl comes roaring back. Pearl gets next to him, coming out of the corner. They're bashing fenders. Well, they don't have fenders. They're bashing wheels. And uh, they come to the line, and Anglace just nicks him by, I think it was well, point, point oh two five of a second. 
and it was uh, an incredibly close finish. Uh, <coughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> oh, allergies. I have some. I hate uh, this. What is this allergy shit? Uh, I don't do this. Join the club. I don't do this. I had never had allergies before, and now. <laughs> join the club. Uh, uh, so I hate it. I'm Nick Anglace picked up his first career SK Light win over field filler Alex Pearl. Um, Did so you notice a little bit of controversy? Oh, what controversy was that? Uh, there, there, a little bit of uh, shade being thrown at each other, like, oh, he did this, blah, blah, he did that between both competitors. Did you hear any of that in Victory Lane? Because I did. No, because I shut it off. No, well, I did. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't care what you have to say after the race. I just want to watch the race. Well, I do. And uh, <laughs> because I'll tell you what, it was, it was a hell of a race, and it was really. Um, if you, I hate doing ums. Uh, if you win a race, you don't have any reason to, to complain. You so see, shut up. you see the ten car. He threw it in under using the Keith Rocco line going in three. Okay, whatever. And but he didn't wreck him, um, and got underneath him, and and then Pearl chopped him into the grass going into one, and then. And then uh, uh, I guess he rode him up a little bit coming into uh, turn one when he was on the outside after the restart, Pearl did. Mm-hmm. Ran him up a little bit, def- trying to defend the lead. And then uh, at the finish, uh, coming off of four, uh, the 10 came down a little bit. You know, they bumped nerf bars and everything going to the line. And I'm like, nobody did anything wrong, really. Yeah. I mean that's just hard racing right there. Nobody put anybody out. No one almost put any anyone out either. No one even got close to getting put out. No. It was just really hard racing. If you, if you I don't have... think I think if if they calm down a little bit after the race and they look at the race again, then maybe they can say, hey, you know what? That's just a heck of a race. Uh, that's one of those again. things you can tell your grandchildren or children or whatever and say, you know, what? yeah, I put up a hell of a fight. I won or I lost or whatever. But that was, yeah, they could, once emotions will cool down a little bit. Yeah, it's tough when you're in the heat of battle, but Hmm. it was just, it was just hard racing. Yeah, I mean, unless you got punted or stuffed in the wall, uh, there was no issue. I mean, if you, you, hard racing there the whole way. If you're banging fenders or banging, if you're banging fenders or nerfs and you're still next to each other, calm down. Think every, I think, yeah, Calm both down. drivers just gave it everything they had. One guy had to be the winner. That's one racing, guy had dude. the loss. Like, That's all. You? That was racing. That was really good hard racing, man. Yeah. Really good stuff. Really top-notch stuff. So we'll move on to... Uh, so then so S- then we cool down from all that action Yep. <laughs> to the SK race, which is a good race, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of uh, what was up front because I was focusing on, you know, a certain person. I had to film just one person. So I had yeah. I had little to no idea what was going on up front, and I didn't even really know what lap it was because I wouldn't look up and look at the lap counter. Uh, but Chase Dowling won that SK race. The car looked a lot better than it had in a long time. Uh, I know that he'd been – it's it hadn't been 100%, but he seemed like it was quite good that night, so – or at least enough to stay up front and win. Uh, Keith Rocco had a bunch of problems. I know he was on pit road early, and then he got ended up in that wreck with uh, Pulio, and I think he wiped the left front off the car or something. And Just not a great night for Keith. And then I think uh, Ronnie had uh, problems himself, didn't he? 
Yeah, he had, he got involved in something and had to make his way from the back to the front too. Yeah, and I think he ended up finishing ninth, right one spot behind Jonathan actually. Yeah, so they had issues. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, Tyler Hines had issues. I believe he also broke a tie rod or something happened in his car earlier, and he ended up getting wrecked. And that was his poor finish. And I know Tom Fox was talking in the uh, drivers' meeting that they're going to do a drop one rule this year where the track's going to drop everybody's worst finish when it comes to points. So mm-hmm. At the end of the year, though. At the end of the year, they're going to drop your worst finish. So yeah, It has to be at the end of the year, not during the middle of the year. That way they can start uh, the features and everything with handicapping accordingly where it doesn't affect anything. Yeah, last last race of the year, they'll drop your worst and get your final point total. So Yeah. So that's an interesting... I know... Other tracks have experimented with that, and if you watch the Speedball documentary Part 6 that was just released by Vault Productions, they go into that about the Speedball and mm-hmm. how they did that. So uh, YouTube.com slash view for that. That's also, I think we previewed that and also reviewed it before it came out. So yeah, that's a definite must-watch. So you have to go watch that. Moving on. All right. Okay, you run down the Waterford stuff because we weren't there that night. You know, or the end of. I just like giving local guys credit. Yeah. Oh, know. yeah. Run the, run that stuff down. If you don't mind, I'm going to go drain the lizard. I'll be right back. Okie doke. That way you won't have to pause. We don't need to pause anyway. I can talk for hours, as, as we've all noticed. Anyway, so Waterford results give these guys a little bit of credit. Late models. Jordan Hadley picked up his first win in that division. And that was in very short order. I know they've not had the biggest fields, but to be fair, they've had some quality drivers in that field. Uh, again, we're not in the business of putting people down or anything like that. Just he has some serious, serious uh, experience, intelligence, and help on his side. Uh, Phil and I were both fortunate enough to be at the racetrack, and Jesse was with us too. And we were we were sitting up in the grandstands right next to the spotter's box, uh, I believe. Uh, it wasn't opening weekend, but it was, or was it opening week? I don't even remember at this point. I'm, I've lost my mind. But anyway, we were there earlier this season, and we were listening to Sean Monahan spot for Jordan Hadley. And the amount of information and experience that was being relayed to Jordan over that radio was just phenomenal. I mean, with that amount of help or that caliber of experience in your corner, you're going to learn very quickly. And with I know the Whisperer's working on his car. I know Bruce Thomas Jr. probably helps him with that setup. And I don't know if you could have a lot, if you could have any more experience behind you working on that car and guiding you to to learn quicker. I mean, just the caliber of help is just tremendous behind him. So kudos to those guys. They obviously have that thing going and uh, have him on the right track. So it's good to see. Okay, so Legends Cars. Uh, um, again, five cars showed up. I know you guys get more cars on Wednesday nights for Legends cars. And you're never going to listen to me. But please, Waterford, can we ditch the Legends cars? I swear to God. Uh, five cars is not a race, okay? If I had a racetrack and five cars showed up, I would just pay them 100 bucks for showing up and say, here you go, go home. We're not racing you because you're, you're going to be boring. But anyway, guy we like, Johnny O'Sullivan... Uh, picked up the win in those cars. Again, guys, just run them on Wednesdays. You guys have higher counts Wednesdays. We don't need to stretch this thing out. 
you just <laughs> start the races later and take the division away and then you could add you know whatever purse back into the track okay Street Stocks, Ryan Waterman picked up that win. Um, there's a guy in the field who finished third, uh, Eric Lutz. Uh, we've talked about the guy before. He's pretty stout, and I know that he used to be a real monster at Riverhead. And uh, you might know the last name because his son, um, Craig Lutz, drives on the NASCAR Whale Modified Tour. And it's nice to see the old man back behind the wheel. Uh, it's <coughs> Welcome back, Jesse. Thank you. Anyway, hey, did you get did you get um, to the part where Doug Curry was bitching about the street stocks? No, I'm actually talking about the street stocks right oh, now. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Because I've been talking since you've been gone. Oh no, okay. I was just I uh, heard there was contact or whatever with the seven car or something. Yes. I'm like, well, yeah, everyone has contact with seven car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you go down the straightaway, the car don't go straight. The car kind of goes like this. <laughs> It's a rite of passage in the sportsman. If you haven't made contact with Jay, then you haven't raced a, a sportsman car. <laughs> so Trust me, we've all done it. Yeah. So he finally figured out what it's like to get put out by a squirrel. <laughs> so welcome, Doug. It's welcome a, to the club. Again, I mean, it's a rite of passage. I mean, if you, would, if you had uh, to come up with the error that I came up with, Al Stone came up with, we had to come up against, like, murderers, and thieves. Drug dealers. Terrorists. Yes. That's, All of that's the above. what we had to come up with. Through, if you look at the speed bowl, essentially his, the the grandstands. We had thirteen of the different Raiders. winners, or yeah, you know, we had <laughs> fi- 13, 15 different winners in two thousand. Whatever, Sid will correct me on my incorrect stat in two thousand. You're, you're very but what, close, but whatever. But uh, you know, there anybody could win an aid night, and you know, everybody drove hard back then. Oh my God! Think of the names that were back there. And John he's bitching Pug- about a friggin' scratch. John Pugli- Come on, Doug. I mean, we got we had guys like John Puglisi and Joe Mancini and Ed Gertsch and Moose Doughton and Corey Hutchins. Effing Zemke. Goddamn Effing Zemke. Zemke. <laughs> I miss Zemke. <laughs> and we had, I think, both Mon- Monahan brothers. Both Monahans, uh, shit. Steve Haraka. Yep, Steve. Um, God help us all. Moose in his prime, Corey Hutchins. I think I mentioned them, yeah. yeah. God, who else do we have? We I mentioned Gersh. We had so many goddamn guys racing. Squirrels. Oh yeah. And squirrels oh, don't too forget, that we didn't. Don't forget Downing, both of them, I think. I mean we had absolutely Yeah, both Downings. Yeah. Uh Jesus Christ. I mean Holy again, crap. I it was like racing against yeah. the guys who sit in the end zone at the Oakland Raiders games. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Ted Dupree. Oh yeah. Jesus. The two thousand champion. Yeah. Yep. John uh John Beatham. Yep. Norm Root. Yep. These, you know, we had a lot of tough guys, man. I mean, and he's fuck. bitching about a scratch? A scratch on his car and he gets you gotta bitched forgi- at? You got to forgive Dougie for this. He is not used to this culture. These cars are <laughs> this is, a mess. This, is, <laughs> this isn't a car show, man. Contact, <laughs> contact, contact. Is, contact is mandatory <laughs> and happen. is going to happen every single corner. Getting dumped shouldn't. I agree with your anger, Doug. Oh, yeah, I agree with you totally, but mm-hmm. you got to know who you're racing against. And He knows uh, now. Now you know. But, you know, again, yeah, you got to learn these lessons, bad. and that's just part of the deal. And We still you love know. you, and we still want you to come back strong with a vengeance and the you main, know, go use them up and put them in the marbles. The main thing about a sportsman is... Yeah. It's physical, it's tough, it's rough. That's part of it. It's not it's not anything different. What happens is you 
dust yourself off and you go back. That's all yep. you do. You know what I mean? That's just part of it. Mm-hmm. That's, it happens. You know, getting dumped is not part of it. You know, but you you learn fast from that. You learn who you're, who gonna, you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, who you're you know going to I mean? deal with and who's, you know, who you can race with and who you can't. Right. So you just, you live with it and you move, you just got to move on. That's just how it happens. Speaking of the Curry camp. We, we love go, Doug. Yes, yes. That's just experience talking here. Um, mini stocks, talking of the Curry camp. Chris Garside goes to victory lane after a heated battle. With Charlie Canfield, I guess they raced side by side for lap after lap after lap. I guess it was a killer show. (laughs) It was his first win in anything since 2012, (laughs) since he ran X Cars and won in 2012. Now, I got to go into this little. It's a long time between wins and. It is a Congratulations long time. Congratulations to Garth G. It's not as long as, um, <coughs> um, what's his face there, Tommy Silva had, obviously. <coughs> but it is quite a long wait. It's about nine years. It's a long damn time. That's a long wait. It took me nine years just to win a race. He went nine years between winning races. So um, I got to give him credit, though. You get a lot of guys in racing who climb the ladder and who race in upper-tier equipment and upper-tier divisions and stuff, and then they run into, you know, budget issues or something, (coughs) and then they don't... These allergies are killing me, and I can't stand this shit. I hate spring. Fuck. Benadryl, bro. Benadryl. Benadryl and alcohol? It works just fine. You're going to die anyway. Let's go. Just go for it. Um, But guys will get it in their head that... They raced in the higher levels, and they raced in upper-tier equipment, and they get used to that and the attention that comes with it and the prestige or whatever the hell they, they see in it. I don't know. Well, it's almost like and a then, pride thing if they can't go again, back yeah, down. And a lot of it is pride. I, I agree with you completely. I hate that. And so they run into budget troubles, and they don't they can't race as much or as to the caliber that they want to, and they just kind of hang around, or they get rid of their stuff and never race again. Now, Garside... Ran into budget problems and stuff with racing his late model. Family things took over. He sold his late model. He was out of racing. But what he did was he listened to, you know, the voice that was reasonable in his head and the voice that I've always said. I've told people, I said, a trophy on a Saturday night is the same size in an SK as it is in a mini stock. They've cut the same trophies. Yep. Okay, they're the same trophies. Just rate, yeah. Racing is racing. Race okay. within your budget. There's he nothing goes, wrong with it. There's he jumps. No, there, yeah, there's no stigma to it. There really isn't. I mean, it's not like he's. It's uh, it's like oh, late model guy came down there and kicked. No, the no, guy, no, no, no. The guy was great, man. No. Okay, it, it, there's he, nothing to that. He came down nothing a couple levels to a mini stock because it's what he could afford. He came back racing. You know, Tommy Silva did the same thing. He right. went, he used he, to race he went from and whatever, sportsman and... street stocks. He got into a late model, yeah, and then he, and then he came that back down to to the main stocks. Run what you can do, yeah. You know, and I give credit to the guy. He, he's still around. doing it. He's still having fun, and he's still kicking ass, man. Competition is competition. Yeah, it's just a matter of what you want to afford. You know. Yeah, I mean, if an SK, I mean, Dave Trudeau is a great example because he went from late models, and he was a. And he couldn't really 
He won do races. It. He won races. He was good in a late model. He was very good in the late models. Those model. are back when they were beasts of late models, too. Uh-huh. Big, big motor, no suspension. And then said, you know what? Enough of this. I want to scale it back a little bit, and I want to run a main stock. Yeah, he went back. So he went back and runs main stocks. There's nothing wrong with that. And he kicks some ass there, too. And that's a, that's like guys like... That's great. That's like guys like Hutchings, Pulio, Monahan. Yeah. These guys all just go out, and they're like... They get up into the higher tiers, and the budget just kills them. And they're like, you know what? We Stone, have... Barnett. Yeah. They all have success up in these areas, and they say, you know what? This is stupid to waste the money like this. Mm-hmm. I got a family. I got shit to do. I'm not having fun. Yeah, if yeah. you're spending that much money, you're not having fun. So they came back, and they were competitive again in what they could afford, and it's they're fine. Nothing wrong with they're it. They're fine. Nothing wrong so with again, that. So, again, that's just, you know, it's, it's cool to see guys who just, I know if you get trouble with budget, it's tough, but... Come back and do what you can. If every junior climbed into a mini stock, I, I would be I would be like, get it done, Rita. Yeah, I don't get care it if you done, were in, Rita. I don't care if you were one of the best SK Love racers this, to, uh, to grace the speed bowl. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, you know, do it. We just want to see people race. That's we want cars on track. We don't care what they are. Put them or on track. Where you've been, right? So, where was I? <laughs> Great job, Christopher Garside. Yeah, thank you for yeah, taking us nice to this job. level. Well, yeah, thank you. All right. Um, SK Lights, they had a good car count. It was over 20-something. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, uh, Very good. Johnny O'Sullivan found his way back into victory lane again on the same day. Legends and good SK for Lights. Him. You know, this yeah. is a very small list of guys that won on the same day. Very small. In two different so. divisions. I mean, Keith Rocco would bear, beg to differ. He, just, I'm not gonna he did that all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to look it up right now because that takes effort and whatnot. But, you know, right. he does you know, have a, have a, belong to a very small select company. Sid's so going so to jump in with some nuggets here. Yeah. yeah. The, the list of guys that have won on the same day is quite long. About a third of it is Rocco. But uh, the guys that have done it in two different divisions is very rare. So what he did was definitely very rare. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I knew that the different division thing was pretty rare. Yeah, so that's that's a cool thing, and it's you don't get much different than a Legends car and an SK Light. A Legends car is essentially a go kart on crack, from what we were told, and an SK Light is essentially a go kart because they have way more grip than power. So it's yeah, they're they're definitely two different cars. So it's, it's really cool to see that an SK Light is go kart on meth. I don't know what the high difference is, but. <laughs> It's That's not really because you got more power than grip. They're you like, guys are all messed up. Go karts so. don't That's have it. enough power. They're yeah, whatever. Okay, moving on. Um, SK race. Andrew Moeller, I guess he won. Uh, starting towards the front and leading most of it. I can't remember. I didn't read the the press release. I think that's what they said. But he's running a Keith Rocco car. I'm pretty sure, and uh, he was pretty lights out. Um, I noticed that Glenn Pressel has come back. He's got a new car. I did not see him in the rundown. I don't know if he had a transponder. No, he's waiting for us to show up because oh, okay. uh, we're we're going to be shooting it because the the um, race next week or whatever because Glenn Pressler showed up. Oh, okay. Sid, you have something? Yeah. This is special. Yeah, he, he unfortunately he wrecked in the heat. Oh, uh, is that what happened? Oh. Yeah, and, uh, but I did text him last night. He did say he'll be back next week. Oh, okay. Oh. They they didn't mention that. So he's waiting for, for it, so. his debut for when we return. Right. Oh, so okay. he crashed on purpose. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. He crashed Very on purpose because he knew we were not because okay. it's the SK five. Right. You know the the five uh, 
Fast Five. Okay. Okay, not because of that. Okay. All right, just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, Speedball Trucks, a familiar face, saw his way to victory lane. Uh, Alan Coates won that race. I guess our boy Kenny was second. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's probably going to keep that win because those trucks don't go over the dyno like the others. <laughs> <laughs> they actually do somewhat somewhat tech. Okay, cool. Uh, they do actual tech, not just Very bring your good. car to my buddy's dyno. Yep. Yeah, all right, so... Um, you want to just give the Seekonk boys a shout out because there's a there's a pattern here with the Seekonk finishes. Sure. And I guarantee you Seekonk hates this because this is I'll give you a reason why. Um Seekonk results. We love Seekonk. Sport trucks. Barry Shaw won. Uh he's gone three for four on the season. His other finish was second. Uh Chad mm. Baxter won the sportsman feature. He's also gone three for four <laughs> on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scoots had a good night. Uh, Pro Stocks, Dave Darling went three. He's gone three for four on the season. Uh, and uh, late models, our boy Jerry DeGasperi Jr. won. Nice work, bud. I believe he also leads that uh, ACT points thing. I forgot what it was called. Some regional points thing. Yeah, so, but Seekonk usually has pretty strict tech, though. Seekonk oh. has incredibly strict tech. And that Seekonk is, well, is so. one of those racetracks where if you win a lot... They'll tell you not to bring a car back. Like, they're weird like that. They'll tell you to move up. They'll <laughs> tell you not to bring a car back. I don't know if they still do that nowadays. Well, maybe but I think they... they probably add weight or something stupid like that. But all these guys pass tech. And Seekonk is, like I said, they got strict tech. So if they pass, they passed. Well, back in the day, you they know, used... just dialed in. Again, I don't know if they still do it or not. But back in the day, they were the kind of track that told you not to bring a car back if it kicked everyone's ass. Or if, like, like Les Rose used to wipe the floor with everybody in the Pro Stock. He had a Pro Stock built by Spafco, by Art Barry at Spafco. And that car was awesome. The thing was lights out. He won, like, 50 races with it. They said, listen, you can't bring this car back. Sorry. You, actually, it was... It used to sit in my backyard. <laughs> I used to cut parts off of it. They couldn't run it no more. So I still have the rear frame section in the backyard, actually. Um, and there's yeah. nothing special or trick to it. The no, car was just dialed it in. Was, it was just built perfectly. It was just dialed in. I mean, And Les is a hell of a tuner and driver. I mean, you're, you're not going to beat Les in those cars at Seekonk sometimes. I mean, that's why you don't race there no more. Yep. Um, all right. So I got to go into this real quick. Okay, so... Uh, oh, there was a strange occurrence that I mentioned that I noticed. Um, do it quick because we still got national stuff too. Yeah, I know, but we got to just do this real quick. Um, I found a strange occurrence. I saw two different articles about Sammy Ramu finishing twelfth at the Tri Track race at Star. Uh, it was posted by not only Race Day CT but My Race News, and it was a it was a press release written by the team. I'm like word for word, it was word for word because it was a press release written by the team. You know, um, I. Why are articles being published about someone finishing 12th? How much money is he paying to have these articles published? Because since when does this amount of mediocrity get press? I just find it very strange. I don't know. It depends on how high he is in standings. Um, I heard he was second or something in the standings. Fourth. But, I mean, there's still four races to go. and Not first, leading. <laughs> you know? and uh, I just find it very strange. It is kind of a strange thing to have and have it published. I, it's just very, very weird to me. And I don't personally, know. I don't know. 
if I, I don't if get if it. I'm, I mean, no offense to him, but if I run no. 12, if I want to just get in my truck, drive away from the racetrack, and not talk to anybody. Yeah, why Why no. is it being put? I finished third at the icebreaker. I didn't get a freaking note written about me. No. <laughs> the guy's finishing 12th and getting published articles. Anyway, I just find it very strange. So, okay, let's start moseying. But it's a good way for him to get his sponsors exposed, and um, he went above and beyond to get his sponsors and. and uh, yeah, but how much does it cost him? And whatnot. <laughs> Well, like seriously, if it costs you money, so he took care of them. Like, you know? Yeah, but if it's costing you money to shout out the people who give you money, what are you doing with? Is, is it their money? You're <laughs> God, what the yeah, hell? Maybe I, you can get them some more. I, so I don't know. Again, I'm not. I'm not sitting here you all might day. Might get them some more. I'm not maybe. sitting all day on this crap. I'm just saying this is very strange. I don't. I don't want to read about somebody finishing 12th. It's just not news. Uh, okay, what is news is we'll move towards the national series because news broke on Speed Sport. That for there is possibility for forty-five million dollars in government funding to go to North Carolina racetracks, including but not limited to, obviously, um, thirty million dollars, ten million each, which is uh, Governor Roy Cooper is well. North, let's just go for the whole meat and potatoes here. North Carolina is receiving five point seven billion dollars from the American Rescue Plan, and Governor Roy Cooper plans to spend it on some racing. Uh, not a lot, obviously, but in the grand scheme of things. The highlights of the plan include $30 million, which is $10 million each, in funding for repairs and improvements to three of the state's signature racetracks. Charlotte Motor Speedway, which probably doesn't need the money. Uh, Rockingham, which I saw that, and I'm like, ooh, okay. And North Wilkesboro Speedway. <laughs> Another $10 million is set aside to be distributed to smaller motorsports venues, not yet known how tracks go about acquiring a portion of the funding. I'm sure they'd have to apply for a grant, and it would be equally divvied out to individual um, tracks and such. Um, obviously, this hasn't passed yet, and it hasn't been signed yet, but it is proposed, and Governor Roy Cooper is a big part of it. So the pieces of the puzzle are starting to kind of fall into place as we keep mentioning well, now that the taxpayer money has gone like ten million to North Wilkesboro, that's maybe, a lot of goddamn uh, money. Maybe Marcus Limonis of uh, Camping World will uh, pony up a little bit more than one million dollars, as far as <laughs> hey, a million bucks is way better than nothing, folks. Okay, let's not shit on it, that. It is, but when it's taxpayer money versus a big giant private corporation, is only a million. Uh, I think maybe. Maybe it'll get it to where he could make it a little bit more. Yeah, but he didn't have a little to do bit anything. more of a. No, he didn't have to do anything. Right. Neither did the state. Yeah, but no. again, this is the governor taking the money that's given to the state and using From taxpayers. It, right. Yep. Which the government has no problem handing away money. That we took from us. So. They just print more of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Borrow and print more. That's all the government does. That's all they need to do, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, there's nothing that could go wrong there. Right. Um, so, again, that's... If they can get that moving, then that's going to be a, yeah, big, maybe, a big deal for not only... I don't even... Because it's going to take, a lot, it's gonna take a lot more than $10 million or $1 million, especially. But the thing is... To get North Wilkesboro up and running because that place is in a very bad state of disrepair. Right. But $10 million takes a lot of the sting out of SMI's tab to fix this place. 
Yep, and Marcus Simonis, who's generous amount. A, a million bucks is you know? fine. That's that's a lot of damn money. That's more than you'll oh, ever yeah, make in your is. lifetime. Oh, totally. And I and, and I totally agree. I was saying they could bring in more people. That go, oh, well, if he's got a million and the taxpayer's got 10, well, maybe I could pony up a million. Let's be fair. No other you know? business is offering money. No, I, I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, So we fine. cannot, we are not going to go on to that, and we're not going to give that guy any shit at all for this. I'll still give Marcus Lamone shit. Trust me, I don't like the <laughs> just guy. Not, he's just a piece not of on, shit. yeah, just just on certain things. Just there, not this. There are certain things that I really don't like about him. So but, yeah, uh, like the fact that he told Trump supporters not to shop at his business. But well, you know, everybody ignores that. And so. his wife has a raisin for a vagina. Right, and we're not going to talk <laughs> about that either. So, because um, <laughs> she's about thirty years older than he is. Whatever. Anyway. Billionaire, oh, go um, young stuff. What's wrong we were, with you, man? We were going to talk about Jukasa canceling their entire season again oh. because Canada is stupid. Yeah, it, it's almost like Canada is doubling down now that everything's supposed to be relaxing up. But we're an hour in, and you know what? The syrup monkeys can—that's their problem. Canada, well. uh, Canadians, if you're listening, <laughs> that's what allergies sound like. Yeah, but if you're Excuse listening, me. revolt. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should have. Had... <laughs> Seriously, you should have been out of this by now. Yeah, you're can't. There's nobody lives in Canada. How could you be run over with COVID if nobody lives yeah, there? Yeah, how could there? Yeah, how can we have full grandstands and you're not even allowed to even open? God when sakes. there's no people in Canada, there's just a bunch of so, polar bears and Eskimos. Does Canada What's wrong with you? The, we might as well call them. It's almost Calif- like looking into the future for an authoritarian government. I got a new name for them. Cert monkeys? No, Cala Calanadians. Californians. Californida? That sounds better. Uh, Anyway, California sucks, too. They're terrible. Can of cook. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, So I saw John McKennedy won the tri-track event at Star. I also heard Matt Lewinsky-Lowe won the uh, late model portion of that. Very good. Good for him. Good Good for those guys. i got to give you a little shout-out here. All right. Let's go to the national stuff. Right. Um, We got to do... You know, we got to mention this first. We're not going to mention NASCAR right now. Uh, Dave Blaney won the World of Outlaw race at Sharon Speedway in Ohio. I know his his family owns and runs the track. Give me a goddamn break, okay? He's still up against tough competition. But he owns the track. He doesn't own the sanctioning body. Right. He doesn't own the sanctioning body, and they do the tech, okay? So (laughs) give the guy a break, okay? He's the Buckeye Bullet for a reason. The guy's won 94 races until... This past weekend, it was his first outlaw win in 24 years, his 95th career win in the series. Yep. 24 years. Obviously, he was probably racing in NASCAR, so he was <laughs> a little bit busy at the time. So Not good for him. You know? Yeah. And finally, we'll talk about national stuff for NASCAR. Uh, yeah, let's they were, do NASCAR first because yeah, raced, uh, we're going to go into Indy 500 beca- uh, in a little bit. Yes, we bit have because, to talk about Indy 500. Because the Indy 500, the best race in the entire world, is my opinion. There my is absolutely race. no question that the Indy 500 is the my best race in the entire race world. In the world. But we'll go into the debacle that was the oh, God, Circuit of the even, Americas. Um, <laughs> Circuit of the Americas, you know, we can't even give them a fair shake because it freaking rained all weekend. Yeah, I wanted tough. to see what these guys were going to do in the dry. I don't care what series it is. I know the Xfinity series ran in the dry, but Kyle Busch won it, so we're not talking about it. So um, right, he had his his cup, he had his cup shocks, he has cup springs, and his cup, cup development and, team yeah. there to you know go 
kick butt with the team with teams that have you third to beat of the up budget. on all the guys with no money. Whatever. So anyway, whatever. We it doesn't care. matter. That doesn't count. It's not really much of a, a gauge. No one so cares. So to speak. So um, truck race ran in the rain, and it was an absolute crap show. Like just absolute. I'm like, okay, this is entertaining, and now the leader's got ten seconds on the field. Oh, that that guy slid into somebody. Ooh, that was interesting. It's not really racing. Come on. I had a long diatribe on on Twitter where I said these cars and trucks, to be fair, they're not suited for racing in the rain. They're really not. I mean, you look at these Formula One cars and Indy cars and endurance cars and sports cars. All of them have completely different makeups. They all have different under trays and aerodynamics and weight. They're a lot less. Well, let's let's look at this way. Let's let's take the circuit of the Americas as a whole, from the trucks to Bush and the and the. in the NASCAR race, you know. Okay, uh, let's go for that. The the guy who won the truck race, you know, he drove his butt off. And, yeah, it was and, uh, Gilliland, right? Todd yeah, Gilliland. Todd Gilliland. He really drove his butt off, and he did it for Front Row Motorsports. That small team, a smaller team, but uh, he really had he really did number on the field. He he was great. Yeah, he did great. Um, racing in the rain, as far as I know, as in regards to Cup cars, they have how wide a tire? Eleven uh, and a half inch. Nine. 11 and a half inch. I think it's nine and a half, I thought. No, it's 11 and a half inch. I Is think. it 11 and a half? I yeah. thought it was nine and a half. So they have 3,400 pounds. I'm going to look that up now. Yeah, I did. Oh, and, you already um, looked it up, huh? At Shit. 200 miles an hour, their aerodynamic downforce is 1,500 pounds. Um, according to uh, the Senior Vice President of Innovation and Racing Development, his name is uh, Gene uh, Stefan. What the f- hell name is that? It's Stephanation. a ten inch, By the way, it's a ten inch. It's a nine and a half or ten inch tire. Yeah, whatever. That's what they're saying here. It's whatever. And then uh, next I year, was it's going correct. Next year, it's going to be fourteen inch. No, it's not. It's supposed to be eighteen by fourteen. No, I doubt it. It's going to be the same width. I'm fairly certain. I think it's going to be wider. It's going to anyway. be taller, just not wider. I don't think. Anywho, um, I'll look that up too. Go ahead. Yeah, so with 3,400 pounds in gross weight and 1,500 pounds of aerodynamic downforce, that's pale compared to what a Formula One car does, what an Indy car does. I mean, let's a Formula One car or Indy cars, they have like 4,000 pounds of downforce. They have more downforce than the weight of the car. Yeah, their cars only weigh like 2,000 pounds. Yeah. With driver. They can drive upside down in a tunnel. Yeah. I had to add that so in. That's what this hear. whole racing in the rain experience is basically a product of pleasing the DARFs. That you're pleasing people who don't watch this stuff. Yeah, they're they're pleasing the DARFs that always want a gimmick. They always need to have a gimmick on something. And racing in the rain sucks. They, it's terrible. A Formula One car <laughs> and an Indy car, they don't have fenders. The spray can go up and widen out and dissipate and everything. A NASCAR race car has to come out the back. All has to come out the back. So the spray is more concentrated right into the windshield. It's not going to work. Plus, you get the hydroplane factor because they don't have any downforce. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. And it's only meant for, like, why would you build a tire and a car with windshields for only be able to do light rain and drizzle? Formula One cars could have ran through that race. They probably could have, yeah. Indy car races could have run through that. 
But the NASCAR, no freaking way. They couldn't see. Kevin Harvick said it was the most dangerous thing they ever did. And the I mean, I don't blame the guy. I mean, the guy got run into, and and there was a few other people that got run into. It didn't finish. Oh, with the with like the under <laughs> with all the aerodynamics and under trays and diffusers and stuff on a lot of these different road racing cars. Yeah, it directs the spray a lot more concentrated to like a point coming out <clears> of the car. <throat> Cup cars don't have that, so the spray goes literally everywhere and you're following a cloud well it comes right out from under the rear bumper yeah as opposed to out and wide like individual open wheels you know, it dissipates quickly <laughs> yeah with open wheels not with it creates a bigger cloud you know and it sucks for the fans the fans have to go in mud and they don't have good porta potties and bathrooms and Basically, it's Woodstock, and Woodstock was retarded anyway because there's a bunch of stupid hippies taking drugs and just Fondled. bathing themselves in mud. Fondling each other. Yeah. Anyway. So, no, it, it's dumb. And plus, you can't, it's hard to do TV. It makes TV harder mm-hmm. because what comes with rain? Thunder and lightning. So, and Most of the time. Insurance is going to say, no, you got to take the cameraman off the tower because we got thunder and lightning coming. Most of the time yeah. it happens, so it's hard to film the race. It's just stupid. Anyway, they have Stop a li- they have rain. a lightning policy anyway. If there's lightning within eight miles of the track, they shut it down anyway. So um, what's the point? Get I rid of it. Running in the rain is dumb. I mean, here's what but I said too on big, Twitter: too heavy and too much power. Here's what I said on Twitter: uh, I said I'm still unsure why fans believe NASCAR should race in the rain. These types of cars have never been suited for it. Other forms of racing run in the rain with vastly different cars that are nowhere near as heavy with more aero. And if you think about motorcycles. They have less tread patch and less corner speed anyway, so they are more suited to race in the rain, so don't even compare that. Uh, plus, there's the entertainment factor. Racing, Watching racing in less than optimal conditions is watching racing at a degraded quality. Face it, you aren't watching to appreciate talent. You're watching for action. Uh, and those who often complain about a race being boring, if it's st- like if it strings out somehow, don't, they just don't complain when the leader is out by 10 seconds in the rain. Like, where's your complaints there? Then there's obvious ways to do this well, but it's just not necessary in the first place because racing in the rain is boring. Oh, look at that guy. He slid into somebody else. Great. You just wrecked a car for no reason. Yeah, in NASCAR, they have passing. Yeah. In IndyCar and Formula One on road courses, that is not a phenomenon that happens very often. Look at Monaco. There was zero passing. I'm losing the will to live. Because no, Monaco, we're we're actually bitching about it, so you should be happy. Monaco <laughs> is you win the race in qualifying, and that's the end of it. Yeah, whoever uh, won whoever won the race to turn one that, won the race, which is exactly what happened in the other race. than that. It's just a drive through town, and I don't really care. There, and what's funny, what not to transition to talking about Monaco now, but um, <laughs> I actually was listening to the broadcast, and they started laughing when they were talking about passing like the driver they were they were saying oh yeah the drivers are like well what do i do now i can't pass anybody it's like yeah that's the point why <laughs> like why state the obvious to the whole view you're basically telling the audience that there's not going to be passing here the only passing that happened was when botas had a problem at a pit stop and they locked a wheel on and he couldn't get it back off and they had to retire the race because they broke the car in a pit stop i'm like you got to be kidding me that was it i, I finished oh <laughs> Don't ruin Sorry, your shirt. I was stabbing myself in the heart. And Don't ruin that. Take the shirt off. That's a nice shirt. <laughs> so anyway, racing in the rain with NASCAR, uh, stupid. Although I'm, the, the I don't one, like it. 
there's a little bit of a devil's advocate that I must um, say and was interesting was that watching the road course racers race in the rain was uh, guys with a lot of uh, car control and talent. Like uh, Chase Elliott is a great road course driver. Chase Briscoe. Is a good Chase road Elliott is the bastard son of Rusty Wallace, I swear to God, because he's, <laughs> he, he's not Bill's kid. He, he wins on the road although Bill won his he first did race. win. Bill won his first ever race in 1983 at Riverside. That's true. But, anywho, he, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of his wins, uh, Chase Elliott's, are in a road course. But, uh, Can we move on to this? Uh, in a minute. Okay, I'm just I'm saying. Just, I'm just saying is that it was Indian. it was entertaining to watch guys with car like Michael McDowell ran really well up front for AJ a little Allmendinger. bit. Almondinger, Ryan I mean, Priest. Ryan Priest was up there for he a led, while. He led. He it, led the race. It was something wrong with the pit stops or pit strategy screwed him up, like usual. Um, uh, the five car there, friggin'. Oh shit! What's oh uh, Kyle Larson? Kyle Larson, yeah, he was twenty twenty driver of the year from Racing Last podcast. We still have to give him his award. He, uh, I think I got it. Right he could. Here. He's not really a road racer, but he knows how to run a loose race car. The guy's a freak. Yeah, number one, just absolutely. Okay. So that being said, Hendrick Motorsports had another great day. They did. Alex Bowman had something weird with pit stops, and uh, the twenty four car had somebody run into him. Yeah, other than those that, guys are getting run into all over the place. Other than that, that team is really scary. I was scared last week because of their domination. This week. Can we be honest? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to watch road course racers with rain it experience is. race in the rain. But yeah. it doesn't take a lot of time for everybody else to learn that. It right. Really, it really doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, the visibility was something that people were saying about. The hard part is, is that NASCAR doesn't have a lot of experience racing in the rain. They have some, but not. So they could have pulled the plug a little earlier in some areas, and in the middle of the race when everyone got wrecked, and then they could have pulled it sooner at the right. end. But that's just an experience, and you got to give them time with that. I'm sorry, you can't really. I don't fault NASCAR, NASCAR too much. I mean, the rain was no. very unpredictable. No, it, it, we like can't you said, see. nobody could nobody <laughs> could see. So I don't blame everybody for wrecking there either. It's just uh, it's just a tough way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, they'll learn. They'll move on. Yeah. Maybe they won't race in the rain anymore. That'd be nice. It okay, we need stupid. to just wrap this thing up. Oh, with... they're they're already, they're going to race in the rain. Okay. I know, but maybe the, I'm this. sure they'll make it. Listen better. to this. Listen, they were they just got done testing at Richmond, yeah. racing in the rain. Great, because they want to run at like track. They're thinking about running rain tires on tracks uh, less than one mile when in it's the rain, damp, uh, not, it's, not, and it's flat banking, yeah. like Richmond, Martinsville. That's not a good idea, no, because if you lean on somebody in the rain, you could just push the car sideways with. You can put your hand out the window and go, eh. And push that guy around in the rain. Yeah. Not a good idea. I don't want, and I don't want downforce to be a factor anyway. Downforce is and aerodynamics are a dirty word. So, moving on because we're an hour and fourteen minutes into this some bitch. Indy. Okay. Five hundred. Can we please move to Indy? Indy, because the greatest race in the world, my favorite race in the world. Because 
Indianapolis oh. 500 is coming up this upcoming weekend, May 30th on Sunday. Please, God, don't let it rain. Because, yeah. short confession, it is my birthday. And yep. it rains every year on my birthday. <laughs> it's o- I almost feel funny if it doesn't rain on my birthday. Like, it almost feels like it's not my birthday if it doesn't rain. So, okay, let it rain in Connecticut, but don't, not Indiana, okay? Not Leave Indiana. Speedway, Indiana. Leave Indiana alone. <laughs> Although, God. there's a problem with that. Um, there's actually a big problem with that. So why don't The Indy 500's most deadliest day is May 30th. There's seven days, obviously, in a week. It doesn't always run on May 30th. Also, it's always... it used to be a lot more practice earlier in the month, too. Yeah. So, yeah. It's always the Sunday before Memorial Day, mm-hmm. which could be a number of different days. But May 30th, 18 people have been killed on the day of May 30th. Technically 19, if you count uh, Swede Savage, because his wreck occurred on the 30th. Yeah, you yeah. see, uh, the first <laughs> the first one that That's... died on May 30th was... In the first race, 1911, yeah. Uh, Sam Dixon, a riding mechanic, uh, and I think he fell off or something happened. A wheel Probably broken. drunk. Who knows? Yeah. I would have been. I can't um, get a ride on that thing, not sober. Some notable ones. Uh, former winner Floyd Roberts in 39 after he won the race the year before. Didn't Vukovic die on the 30th as well? Uh, yes, he did, 1955. Yeah. Then, yeah, while leading the race. Yeah, while leading. Up over the backstretch wall. Go watch that on YouTube. Hit uh, Actually, Johnny don't, Unser. Don't watch that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the scaffolding collapsed in 1960. There was a bunch of fans that put up a bunch of scaffolding or whatever to try to get a view of the race. All that stuff oh, fell right yeah. down, man. Great. How many people died in that one? Uh, a few of them. Um, there was a kid that got um, a wheel broke off of... Uh, Someone's car. Someone's car. I, I think can't it remember who's might have been Vukovic's car the year before. Oh, yeah. And uh, it like rolled that. across the street and hit a kid right in the forehead who was like 12 years old. Uh, yeah. uh, so 65, while Jesse comes up with the next stat, I got to put this out there. 65 people have died in at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, whether they be officials or drivers or riding mechanics or, or crew members. Crew members or safety personnel or fans or whatever. 19 of them have died on the 30th or because of the 30th. Mm-hmm. That's a big percent. What's I, the I just want you to that? feel good about your birthday. Yeah, I, yeah, thanks. I get it. It's A firefighter got run over by a truck in 61. Yeah. There was the really bad 64 crash that oh, took uh, Dave McDonald, McDonald and Eddie Sachs and burned them crispy. That was terrible. Oops. Swede Savage and a team member were killed in, 30, in 73. That's the one you're talking about. Uh, team member was oh, killed. Oh, that guy! Yeah, the guy on pit road got ran over by yeah. the truck and killed. Yeah, the truck, the fire the truck guy was who going was the wrong way. To speed, yeah, he went the wrong way up pit road and ran over a guy. Yes, yes. So Sweet Savage is crew there. member, Jesus and Sweet Christ. Savage ended up dying a few weeks later from blood poisoning from the burn. He was one of only like five or six guys that had the onboard fire extinguisher that was attached to his suit and everything that put out fires. Why would this thing delete? He, he was one of he, that almost saved his life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Salt Walters crash. That's I mean, almost thirty percent of all deaths have occurred on. It's twenty nine point two. Your birthday is scummy. Holy crap! Your birthday sucks. Uh, anybody going to the Indy five hundred? Beware! Yeah, beware the Ides of May. Apparently, wear a helmet. 
uh, yeah, sorry about my birthday, folks. Uh, keep continue, please. Saltwater in 73, the gruesome crash that... He didn't die, though. He didn't die. I don't know how. He should have. Uh, didn't... What's-his-face die in 73 in qualifying? Did you uh, already mention yes, that? Yes, but um, it was Saltwater, if you, if you oh, know... No, he he was on... The, on the very beginning where Jim McKay looks in horror as his car careens into the crowd, gas goes into the crowd, fire, burns, every, fire. Just cars everywhere. The front half of the car rips off and you see Saltwater's legs just dangling on the track and Jim McKay and everyone looking in horror as yeah. he spins out of control and how... Upside down, burning, how he's not dead, How he didn't die from that is beyond me. He I died from he, the pain meds after like 10 years later. I thought, yeah, he, I thought he died like uh, Nicky Lauda kind of death where he got burned in his lungs and eventually it killed him. No, Sweet Savage died from... No, I meant, I meant uh, Salt Walter. I thought that's the Something, same thing. yeah, very, yeah. very similar. So you could count 20 there, probably. Yeah, Art Bollard trying to qualify for that race. He died him. He died earlier trying to qualify Was for the race. Was that 72 or 3? Three? 3. 3? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, May 30th, also other really bad happenings, was uh, uh, Axel broke on Kevin Koga's car and uh, caused the wrecks of AJ Foyt and Mario Andretti right on the very start. Happened right in the start. Ended oh, it. that's right. The weirdo start where everybody crashed. Yep, and everyone blamed Kogan for it, and he never really got a good IndyCar career because AJ Foyt and uh, yeah, they basically Mario just blamed him for it instead Andretti, of the car failure. Yeah, they had you know defamation. Yeah. Basically. And also, Mike Conway got really messed up in 2010. So, oh, that's right. Your birthday sucks. Oh. God help everyone May 30th. That's not good. We're going to end the show on that? No, because you know oh. what? No, because Scott Dixon is the pole setter. Ah, good. Okay. Scott, I have Let's bring more it up for a Andy. Bit. Let's bring it up. Scott <laughs> Dixon is the pole setter, and he's been lights out in, at on the Indy cars you know, for the last couple of years. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. He won from the pole in 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's his only win in the Indy 500 so far. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I, if I was to pick a winner, I'd pick it from the first three. <laughs> it's tough to pick against Dixon right now. Forty-two it's really tough against the pick against him. 42% of the races have been won from the thir- first three starting positions. Front Four- row. Yeah, from the front row. So he should feel really good about it. Um, 21 times the race has been won from the pole. Really? 21 times. That's almost a quarter of the times because this is, what, the 105th running? you got to feel good about the pole Okay, center. let's give it about 20% of the times. It's not a quarter. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah, it's about 105th running. So, yeah, almost, almost a fifth of the field. Jeez. So you got to feel good about... His chances. Uh, the think the first eight starting spots are all Hondas, not Chevys. Penske sucks. Wow, which really? is weird because yeah, yeah. Will s- Power had to come through final final row qualifying, which they used to call bump day. Yeah, that but was, there was five cars going for three. And spots, he even so bounced off really the it. wall and everything. Looked that up and he, he got in by literally the skin of his teeth, which yeah. is weird considering Roger Penske owns IndyCar and oh. the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Simona Di Silvestro made the field. Last that's a hell, spot. That's a hell of a story because that's like a. Uh, I forget her name, but she's. I think she came out of sports cars or something. Yeah, woman-owned team. team or whatever. Woman-owned team. Just Simone to is a great, for the race is, is... Simone is a great driver. I mean, she's been in the Indy 500 before, mm-hmm. and she qualified for it. Uh, Charlie Kimball did not, and he's been in like a 10 of them. So. He almost won the race a couple times. Yeah, too. he almost did, too. That sucks. 
Yeah, the one where yeah, he almost ran a f- something, but um, anyway. so you got to feel good about it. Uh, Johnny Rutherford won it twice from DePaul. Wow! In '76 and uh, '80. Is that the gurney car? The '76. Uh, no, here was, this is a Cha- uh, Chaparral car. That, oh, okay. The, uh, Jim Hall car. Oh, okay. And especially '80. Oh my God! I he thought was, he drove for. He uh, won everything in '80 for for Jim Hall. Who the hell was I thinking of that oh drove the whatever? I'm the gurney cart was uh, a lot of it was uh, Bobby Unser was that's was what the I thought. Cart. Was it this Mike car? Mosley was another one. Yeah, no, that's a that's a Penske car. That's a Penske car. Yeah, yeah, that's a Penske car. That's a DC eight. Yeah, that's, that's right. a year old cart, but he it still went it, fast. He went from the pole in eighty in seven in uh, eighty one. I was gonna say he had to have won from the pole at least once. He won four times. I mean, geez. three times. Oh, that's right, three times. Al but won. He, Al he won, won from times. the pole in, the, in that car, the DC-10. Al anyway, Senior he won, won the, four times, right? He won four times. Uh, he Rick won Mears, from the pole also. Rick Mears won four times. Al Senior won four times. Did Voight win four times? Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... You know um, who won the race three times from the pole? Rick Mears. <laughs> Jesus. Guys, 79. Seventy-nine. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, 91 and, and 93. Rick was a beast. Rick Something like that. Beast. He was a monster. Indy's been good to him. He's had, also has the most poles. I think he has six poles. You want a good dinner with racers, go listen to the episode with Rick Mears. He, he, Indy's been good to him. Yeah, he's won it three times in the poll. I think you got his autograph on a card, don't you? I might. Yeah, I think you do. I have somewhere. Roger Penske's autograph. I think you do, yeah. So even though... He owns everything. I kind of I love our. All right. So, do we have did. any more Indy 500 news to preview the Indy 500? Yeah, because Ed Carpenter, who's starting fourth, mm-hmm. which is a good starting spot. Usually, anything back more than eighth, they and don't he's like win much. One of the only owner drivers in the field. Yeah, they don't win much past like eighth place. You know, yeah, you, I mean the win. furthest back is like 28th place, but that was like in the 1920s. Yeah, it's so tough whatever. to it's tough to win from back. But he has led the most laps in the Indy 500 without a win out of current drivers. Damn it! Only out of current drivers. The most is uh, Mar- is uh, uh, Michael Andretti. Yeah, because Michael never won it. Mm-mm. Marco didn't either, and Marco is like retired. He's won it. Yeah, he's won it as an owner, but not. I mean, the Andretti curse is so pretty. If there's real, a kind so. of almost a dark horse, it's like the fourth spot. Yeah, but I mean. I, I I almost want to say that Juan Pablo's kind of a dark horse too because he's won the race before. Is he, he in the field? Yeah, he's in the field. I didn't even know. Yeah, he's in the field. Oh, Tony Kanan's in the field too, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, these guys are all coming back just for the 500, which mm-hmm. I love. I love seeing that. He's a former race winner too. Yeah, yep. Tony's won it once. Juan uh, Pablo did it twice. Yep, he won it yep. twice. He's he, the he, only rookie. He, he's one of the few rookie guys did he that's Leo ever won the race. race. Is, is Elio in this race? Yeah, he is. Yeah, see, these guys are all coming back to run this I don't race. Think, I don't think Helio has a chance, though. He's won it three times. He's been very close. He's not a Penske car, and although uh, I love Penske, um, he may, it may be better for his chances this time. But, uh, yeah, he, he's not a Penske car. His last full season, they never even gave him a, a real send-off, which is kind of weird. It's because BS. you got to give the guy a send-off. Because Look he is how much kind he of a legend. You. He won Dinsing with the Stars, man. Yeah, I know. He's 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 kind of an indie <laughs> legend, not just for Dancing with the Stars, but yeah. Guy's got moves, man. I'm you telling know? you, uh, them, it, it, them Southern Southern Americans, man. Jen, they got a, they got moves. Yeah. I'm out of beer. Any more Indy 500 news? So yeah, that's it. Other than that, uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, uh, this, the Jack, uh, what's his name? Jack. Uh, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack Harvey? Yeah, Jack Harvey. He's he's shown some speed in practice. And, uh, so I know Ferrucci and uh, What's-His-Face wrecked in practice. Yeah, they got, they're busted qualifying, up. so. And uh, Potato Award, he's got momentum. He's He does. He's got his first got win. Got a Potato Award. Yep. Them South American potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> or L.A. Holmes. All right, so. Um, That's all I got for Indy. All right. Uh, very, very famous race, although very, f- we're going to end with this. Very, very famous, but very boring race. Just Roger! Do you need another beer? Hang on. I'm going to go pee. Okay. So, I might as well, while you go get uh, whatever you're going to get, I might as well go into the final race of, well, the show, I should say. The Formula One race. And I know Jesse can't die right now because he's not listening to me. Because he's not here. So, he will be in a moment, though. And I know I'm going to try to drag it out as long as I possibly can. But it started off a lot of controversy where the pole sitter, Charles Leclerc, did not start the race due to mechanical problems following a crash in practice. And uh, rather than taking a five-place penalty to replace the gearbox and drive shafts. Um, so, I don't know what Ferrari was thinking. Did- so, Jess, did you see the Formula One race at Monaco? Monaco is yeah. so friggin' boring. You gotta stop. No, Charles Leclerc <sighs> didn't even start the race. He was the pole sitter. They didn't even cha- He wrecked. They were gonna fix it. They didn't change the gearbox or whatever. The car breaks on the way to the pit road. And it's just stupid, you know? I mean, with- and Jesse has died. <laughs> what happened, boy? Oh my gosh, he's dead. Oh. Well, his camera's not dead, and he can see him still moving, so. <laughs> we'll knock it over. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta do the thing. There we go. Alright, Jesse's now died of boredom talking about the Formula One race. Uh, I believe Red Bull went on to win that race because they won the race to f- turn one. Uh, I believe it was. What's his face? Max Verstappen won. Yes, that's who it is. The Dutchman. Uh, Mercedes had a terrible race. Get away from the microphone while you're dying. Okay, we're done with Formula One. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast. Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You want to send us an email, send it to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. Head on over to YouTube if you want to see our smiling faces at youtube.com slash sidsview. And you can also go subscribe over there because we got a lot of interesting content coming out. We've been talking about it a lot. A lot of uh, historical stuff. Fast oh, five. Fast five events. All sorts of stuff bowl. down the pipeline. Jesse's come back from the dead to I'm remind back. me. It's of Easter. The stuff. That, yes, he's raised from the dead. It's a little late for Easter, though. Oh. All right, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle, Brent Gleason01. You can find Phil, who's not with us, in Orlando. Uh, screw his social media, because his family is more important than us, and I don't believe in that. Um, you can find Jesse on social media at, uh, let's see if I can read this, gab.com slash you take a mortal man, uh, apparently. Uh, Jesse's like emo or kid or something. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Facebook.com slash and put him in control. 
Oh, great. Uh, Twitter.com slash watch him become a god. Instagram at watch people's heads. Oh. What does have to do with the news about the basis being kicked from the... Yeah, oh, forget it. We're not going to go. And founding member. Oh, yes. Wasn't he diddling kids or something? was not. Oh, he was like grooming children or something. Anyway, well, whatever. So, uh, oh, the song ended already. Uh, <laughs> until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>